Okay, to the issue of um, with our borders closed, our agricultural, our tourism and hospitality industries are, are calling out for workers to register as things like um, pickers and packers and waiters and, and tour guides to keep the um, the industry flowing. Before COVID, South Australia's food and wine and agricultural supported more than 115,000 jobs. I'm surprised by that and contributed nearly nearly $6 billion to the state's economy. This is our food, our wine and agricultural uh, sectors uh, contributing, I said, nearly $16 billion and uh, employing about 115,000 people. Let's talk about the issue of... Um, of just how difficult it is to get people to work in these areas. Uh, Peter Crow. Peter, she's the regional coordinator for the Department of Primary Industries and Regions. And Jordan uh, Brooke Barnett is the chief executive officer of uh, Ausveg South Australia, an industry that represents about $2 billion to the uh, vegetable sector. Peter and, uh, and John or Jordan, good afternoon. Welcome to you both. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Uh, Jordan, you might like to perhaps tackle this one first. Why is the uh, is the workforce and and this is skilled shortage across our primary industries and and tourism and and hospitality? Why is there a, a shortage at the moment? People are reluctant to do it. Tell us why. Well, we've long we've long been concerned for about six months about the downturn in a lot of the international visa programs. Um, so that's people like backpackers who come here from from Ireland, the UK and they'd have a working holiday, go for our agricultural regions, move from farm to farm. Um, they didn't have their roots down anywhere. They were relatively, um, you know, they moved around the country. Um, and it's something that they did while they're young, a bit like how a young person from Adelaide might go over to London and, and make coffees in a cafe. That's, that's basically how that, that workforce worked. Um, and then there were other programs that were more structured where um, we'd bring over workers from the Asia-Pacific, we'd have them in accommodation, um, and they'd make money here and take it back to the the, the, the Pacific. And, and, and basically that's because um, for a number of years, and, it's, and, and this is often the case in, in developed economies, um, farm work, manual low-skilled work is not often attract, attractive to, to, to domestic populations. And it's not just here in, in Australia. They have the same problem in the US where people from Mexico go up and pick fruit. Uh, or in Europe, where there's 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 big movements of workers. So, we as an industry, while while a lot of the the, the base work is done domestically, there is a need for harvest work to come in for a short period of time, um, do manual hard work and uh, like um, manual labour um, for one to two months, and then and 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 then that that's the extent of the need. So, the the way it has been structured for a long time is that that that, that backpackers and other workers have come in. Of course, there are domestic people who who follow the picking trail, but um, uh, we have been as an industry reliant on these international workers. So for about uh, six months, we've, we've seen declining numbers. I think the backpacker numbers um, are usually at about 130,000 in the country, and now we're, we're sub 80,000 at the moment, people sort of wanting to go back to their, their countries of origin. So that means uh, that structurally we, we have a, a, an enormous shortfall in our industry, projected to be about 30,000 by March across Australia, um, of, of, of workers to do this short-term picking work. Jordan, uh, rather, Peter, uh, how critical is the, uh, the labour shortage for, say, farmers and, uh, and primary producers? I mean, what will it mean if they're unable to get these workers in time for the, uh, for the harvesting season? Yeah, look, certainly we've been hearing um, and, and concerns were, were raised, um, as Jordan said, sort of the middle of last year, that 
these businesses rely on, on this workforce to get their produce harvested and get it to market and whether that's to supply domestic markets or international markets. So it really is critical and without the people to harvest that fruit and pack that fruit, um, it doesn't move and the farm farmers don't get paid. So it really, really is critical um, that we get people moving. But also equally in our tourism and hospitality industries um, in regional South Australia that um, have similar issues as Jordan highlighted in terms of seasonality, but we also need those businesses support those businesses to get workers because uh, the summer period is, is really important for regional South Australia. That's when, when we get most of our visitation and without people to work in our bars and serve in our restaurants and, and be the chefs and so forth in our kitchens, uh, again, we can't sort of um, capitalise on that opportunity for those businesses while people are moving around the region. It's one uh, thirty-eight. We're talking with um, with Peter Crew. Peter is the regional coordinator for the P- Department of Primary Industries and, and Regions, and uh, Jordan Brook Barnett is the chief executive officer of Ausveg South Australia. It's uh, an industry that uh, contributes about two billion dollars to the vegetable sector. I mean, a couple of important uh, important industries. We're talking about real work and real experience. Um, Jordan, can you, can you explain that in, in simple terms to us? Real work, real experience is the, um, is the philosophy behind this push at the moment. So I guess I, I reflect back to my youth um, growing up in, you know, I grew up in the southeast. and I used to do, um, you know, rouseabouting runs through the local, uh, the local farms there. I think, I think we've lost in South Australia the, the, I guess the culture of, of, I think, uni students and young people in particular getting out there um, and doing some of this job, these jobs. And I, I was looking on the National Harvest Labor Service, uh, which is where a lot of them are advertised. And I think in South Australia alone, there are about 800 positions for entry-level pickers. Um, you know, and for young people, it's a great way to get out there and, 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 and learn that base work ethic. I mean, I, I know that it gave me a lot back in the day. I think you, you, you learn a, a, a lot about what it's like to work. It's a bit like kids who go and, and do landscaping or brickies labouring. It's, it's, it's hard work, um, but it's honest work. And um, the, the, the challenge with these kinds of jobs is you need people to be able to um, move and go to the region. So it's, it's people who you know, are able to move to a place like the Riverland for a few months and things. So it's not for everyone. If you've got a, a lease or a rental property, that makes it difficult. But like for young people and students in particular, I think, you know, these are great um, start-up jobs. And certainly, you know, when you're on your school holidays, it'd be great to get out there. And, and you know, I'm hearing a lot more more stories about, um, you know, kids from, from, from the city who are getting out and doing cherry picking in the hills. It's fantastic to see, but we've got to... We've got a big gap to fill at the moment. Like I said, 800 positions in SA alone, uh, looking at a 30,000 shortfall in Australia by March. So that's, that's the challenge we're facing. Um, for those people who want to look at horticulture and ag as a career, um, you know, we've, we've long needed skilled workers. I think um, in horticulture, which is my industry, uh, the Uni of Adelaide only pumps out one or two graduates a year and they're sort of hard fought by... Um, a lot of the supply chain companies, but we just can't get um, good farm managers in our in in our industry. People willing to go out to the bush. I mean, a lot of these companies will give you a car, they'll pay for your electricity, and get you out there. But um, um, you know, we we have relied on people coming over from from other countries like South Africa. But you know, if, if South Australians want to do those jobs, um, there's certainly the work there um, at the high level as well. 
We're talking with uh, uh, Peter Crew. Peter is the Regional Coordinator for the Department of Primary Industries and Regions, and uh, Jordan Brookbar Barnett is the Chief Executive Officer of Osveg SA. Peter, a question to you. What are some of the incentives available? Say, for example, you've got to uh, relocate for a short-term agricultural work or maybe for students who are taking up a, a job somewhere in regional South Australia. What are some of the incentives that are available for them? Yeah, sure, Tony. So there's a couple. So specific to agricultural work or the primary industries, the Commonwealth Government have got some uh, incentives available for travel and accommodation for people wanting to take up um, short-term agricultural work. Uh, and these incentives are available right through till the end of this year. Um, if you're an Australian worker, you're eligible to receive up to $6,000. Uh, and if you're a visa holder with a right to work in Australia, you're eligible for up to $2,000. Uh, you need to be 18 years of age um, and needing to move away from home to take up this short-term work and you need to do that for at least six weeks or 120 hours of work um, and you need to actually apply before you relocate. For all the other sectors, so tourism, hospitality and those sorts of things, the state government has got a program called Regional Job Support and Incentive Program and that's available up until the end of April this year. You can receive up to $2,000 if you're 16 years and over um, and are a current student or have undertaken study in 2020. Um, and you've commenced work in the regions um, sort of after November last year. Um, and the amount that you're eligible for will be dependent on how far away you have to move. So there's incentives available, whatever sector you're working in. Um, and, yes, yeah, certainly encourage people to have a look at those and um, information on those is available on the Regional Work SA website. What if somebody didn't want to actually go fruit picking, but they, they like the idea of somehow or another getting connected or getting into the tourism industry? How do they go about that, and do they need previous experience to be able to qualify? Look, not necessarily. A lot of um, businesses are happy to do on-the-job training. I've actually got two daughters in the hospitality industry at the moment, and they very much right. received on-the-job training, which is fantastic. Um, but we encourage people to go to the Regional Work SA website, um, have a look at the jobs that are available in the different regions. Um, so it's split up by sector, but also by regions. And we encourage you to register your interest. Um, and when you do that, you can nominate what area, what sectors you want to work in. So if it's tourism and hospitality, tick that box. And you can also indicate which regions it is that you might be interested in relocating to. That information is then forwarded through to our Regional Development Australia board. Um, they'll have a look at that information uh, in terms of uh, the individual and what experience they've got or what areas they're interested in working in. And they'll look and see what employers they know in the region have got jobs available and will uh, facilitate that introduction. So it's a really great way to um, tap into some regional and local knowledge um, to make sure there's the best fit. And those regional development Australia boards can also help with um, recommendations around accommodation and travel and that sort of thing. So it's a really great way to facilitate that easy transition. Uh, Jordan, a question from Michelle who sends us an email on air at 5AA.com.au. As a fruit picker, what sort of, uh, what sort of wages are available? Um, I think from memory, the horticultural award, it, 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 it should be around that low, uh, 24, 25 from memory, around that, around that mark. But, um, yeah, comparable to any other any other work that you do. Um, some some growers are on 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 piece rate arrangements, so it's basically based on what you pick. Um, under those arrangements, under the awards, so you should be able to still make close to, to minimum wage under whatever whatever incentive scheme that is. But the the, the, the top pickers can be up around the the the, the thirty dollar mark. But again, that's for for people who are experienced and and fast. So a lot of the fruit crops tend to pay 
on that basis. Um, in my industry, which is vegetable, a, lo- a lot of people pay hourly rates. So we're talking about people. Um, you might be sitting on a, on a on a production line or or running a piece of machinery for I don't know potato or onion processing, um, and um, or or doing quality assurance and things like that. So um, you know that that sort of work looks like um, you know a lot of the other factory work that you might see. Um, and then there's some of the some people sitting on tractors out in the field and things like that. So a lot of vegetables at hourly rate, um, and some of the fruit industries piece rate. If you've got a question for either of our guests, uh, Peter Crew or Jordan Brooker Barnett, you're more than welcome to give us a ring and put the question directly to them on eight double two three double o double o. Pilka of an afternoon. It's a tick after a quarter to two now. So what you're saying is. I'm not doing it right. No, darling, you do a great job, and I'm very grateful. But sometimes what you, you can tell. Well, me. sometimes you skip bits. Do I? You do, but you don't have to hurry. Okay, I'll pay more attention. I can do it myself if you're busy. Really? Oh, you'd rather I got someone else? No, mowing the lawn is something we can both enjoy. Stanford Mowers for the joy of mowing. Five ninety Main North Road, Jeps Cross. Stanfordmowers.com.au. WA is ready to welcome you back to its pristine beaches, otherworldly landscapes, and unique culinary delights. We have so many places for you to wander out yonder. If you're stuck for where to wander, come with me. I'm Ryan from Two Feet and a Heartbeat. Perth is a hidden gem kind of city. You have to know where to look. Whether it's history, whiskey, local cuisine, or great coffee, we can show you where to find it. Discover more about WA. Visit wanderoutyonder.com.au. Thirteen minutes to two. People everywhere are discovering the ultramatic sleep solutions to assist sleep and uh, and reduce snoring. In other words, getting a good night's sleep, not occasionally, but night after night after night, and it makes all the difference in the world. You feel refreshed in the morning. You're better with people. You're better at work, and it's just good for your health. Go and see um, Ali and the team up there at Ultramatic. Uh, where are they? They're opposite Scotty's Motel, so that's a, an immediate identification. And you're thinking, oh wait. Minute Bilka, one of the busiest intersections in Adelaide. Where the hell is a car park? You can actually park right outside the Ultramatic showrooms up there, absolutely free. Wander in and have a talk to Ali. And at the moment, they've got a, 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 a terrific offer. They're fully adjustable, single electric beds for just twenty four ninety nine, delivered right to your front door. That's a big saving on these uh, Ultramatic fully adjustable beds. I've given these a try and they're just great, regardless of how you might sleep on your left-hand side, on your tummy, which is apparently not the good way to do it, flat on your back on the other side, doesn't matter. These adjustable beds, these uh, Ultramatic fully adjustable beds, single beds for just $24.99, a special offer of the moment, and... Um, and delivered right to your front door. So listen, get the rest you deserve and speak to Ali and the team at Ultramatic. I said opposite uh, Scotty's Motel, plenty of available parking right outside the showrooms, or if you like, go online and have a look, see just how good these beds are. Ultramatic.com.au for more information. At Spotlight, a window's what you make it. Save a massive 50% off the entire range of Platinum Sunout roller blinds and 50% off the entire range of ready-to-hang neutrals roller blinds. So you can cool it, roll it and shade it 
triple S. Explosion Supply. At Spotlight, it's what you make it. Dan Murphy's digital catalogue is out now. Find unbeatable offers on a range of drinks, like a case of stubby 330ml bottles for $48.90. Shop the catalogue through the Dan Murphy's app and get your drinks delivered in under two hours. Choose to drink wise. Conditions apply. Offer ends Wednesday, January 27. The BMW Demonstrator event is now on, which makes the untouchables somehow within reach and your dream somehow realistic. Visit your local BMW dealer today. T's and C's and exclusions apply. Are you cool enough this summer? Getting the best out of your evaporative air conditioner? Give Ken a call. It's recommended evaporative air conditioners are serviced every year. We can service, repair or replace your unit, keeping you cool this summer. Ken Hall Plumbers, 8364-5855. Here at 5AA, we're all about supporting local. If you want the best betting prices, service and advice, cut through the confusion and come to Dreamland and get up to 50% off store-wide. At Dreamland's prices, nah, you're not dreaming. Hello. Frank Walker from National Tiles. National Tiles have European-made Timberlook laminate flooring for under $17 per square metre. Yes, National Tiles exclusive European Oak Look laminate timber flooring for under $17 per square metre. That's under $170 for an average 10 square metre bedroom floor. National Tiles. Now you can get a quality finish for less. Rush in now and save. Macular degeneration is Australia's leading cause of blindness. If you're over 50, have an eye test and macular check. Early detection is vital. You can have the very early signs without even knowing. Information, guidance and support is only a phone call away. Call the Macular Disease Foundation on 1800-111-709 for a free macular degeneration information kit. Scraped your caravan? Walker Crash Repairs, an RAA-approved caravan crash repairer. This is Tony Pilkington. It's just on 10 minutes to 2. If you need to drive at the moment, just be aware of the fact because of all of a sudden the haze is back on again and it's really dark out there, reduced visibility, and make sure that you've got the headlights on. That's an absolute necessity. You're thinking, hang on a minute, so Pilko, it's the middle of the day. Well, you've only got to look out the window. Uh, conditions not good for driving. Only drive if you really need to. Reduced visibility. Make sure that you've got the headlights on. And as somebody said earlier on, when you've got the, um, the car air conditioning on it was when we were talking to uh, dr emily kirkpatrick the uh, deputy chief public health officer she said if you've got the uh, you need to switch the air conditioning on in the car make sure that it's uh, on recirculate which is simply sensible idea because of the haze and the smog about the place we're talking with peter crew Peter is the Regional Coordinator for the Department of Primary Industries and Regions and uh, Jordan Brook Barnett is the Chief Executive Officer of Ausveg here in South Australia, an industry that represents about $2 billion a year to the vegetable sector. And we're talking about the fact that because of the, the border closures and the agricultural and tourism and hospitality industries are calling on workers to register as pickers and packers and waiters and, and tour guides to help the uh, the whole industry, especially the tourism industry, keep on going. I mean, before COVID, the South Australian food and wine and agriculture supported more than 115,000 jobs. People would shake their heads and say, 115,000 jobs in the sector? That's a fact. And not only that, but nearly $16 billion to the state economy of ours. Uh, Jordan, the... Um, 
How do people actually go about it? Some people say, yeah, love to do some fruit picking, love to get involved in the hospitality or the entertainment, not the entertainment, but indeed the tourism industry. How do they go about it? Some people would say, love the incentive, love the idea, the money sounds okay, it is a job, but what's the next step? How do we go about it? Well, I can only really speak for my industry in agriculture, but I think the, the state government's done a fantastic job um, in putting together a seasonal uh, workers' website. Um, you know, there's a lot of links there. I've just listed it today um, to, to various other websites. For our industry in horticulture, um, there's there's a website called uh, the Job Active National Harvest uh, Service. Um, I went on there today. That's where I found there's about 800 jobs listed. And, and, and you'll find there there's some advertisements for big blocks of workers, so 300 tomato pickers. You know, I think they needed eight olive pickers in, in different regions. There was 160 uh, pickers they needed in the Riverland for seasonal work. Um, if you click on those links, there should be, there should be um, somewhere to register. But I think in a lot of cases, those are... Um, labour hire companies in that it's not because of the, the difficulty in attracting such large numbers of workers, it's often a labour hire company, um, like there's one called Mardek. Um, and what, and what they do is that they register interests with workers, run them through inductions and things and run through all the pre-employment, um, and then provide them, um, to the, um, the individual farmers. So that's a great place to, to start off. And certainly I think there's an enormous demand there. So, I, I, I would look to register with one of those um, calls for workers, um, you know, if people are willing um, to do, um, to register. When it comes to the government assistance, I mean, I'm sure those companies would be able to assist, but there's also a lot of resources within the government that are listed on that website um, that, that can assist in, in working out how to claim things. But if you're, if you're ready, willing and able and, and looking um, to do this, I think there's, 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 a, there's a couple of big calls for workers. There's some on the Northern Adelaide Plains, some in the Riverland. Um, and, and other areas in the wine industry down at McLaren Vale. So um, I think the first step would be to register there. Josie's question, um, Peter, you'll be able to answer this one. She said, uh, Josie said, what's the accommodation available like when you go to some of these countries, some of these regional areas, knowing that there's incentives available for, you know, actually moving there and all that? All, but she said, what's the accommodation like when you actually get there? Yeah, look, it's a real variety and that's where it's really useful for job seekers to touch base with those regional development Australia boards in the region. Um, they'll be able to give you advice on that. But we've got everything from uh, backpacker hostels to caravan parks to shared, shared houses uh, and that sort of thing. Um, some of our uh, industries in particular, I think of my viticulture industry here in the Limestone Coast, um, some of them have houses and stuff um, in the vineyards that they can make available. So, yeah, it really pays to touch base with those regional contacts through the Regional Development Australia boards and they can give you advice because, of course, it's going to be a bit different in every region. Stan's question, kind of a basic sort of a one, uh, uh, Jordan, to you. He said, uh, "If indeed we don't get enough pickers, what's going to happen to the, um, to the to the to the fruit and to the vegetables? Will a lot of them simply rot and go missing, or, or what?" Well, I think we're, we're quite fortunate in South Australia in that it, it, this, this issue has really hit um, some of the northern industries, like in Queensland and places like that. There's whole orchards that have been abandoned. Um, you know, and that's had a real impact on, 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 I guess some, some of the fruit and veg you might notice, some of the lines like mangoes and stuff, there have been, you know, perhaps not as abundant as previous years. I think for, for the majority of staples, uh, you know, a, a lot of our growers are getting by. So, you know, fingers crossed, I, I don't think we'll see a, 
a major impact on 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 prices. Hopefully, in the short term, it's more so about the viability and the challenges of individual businesses. Everyone's scraping by with with ten to fifteen less workers, and we need the people um, there so that um, you know these 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 businesses can survive and thrive. And, and, and often what labour shortages do is they put extra strain on, on the farming families themselves. Um, there is a profitability angle. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, if, if we can't fix this um, for another year, there may well be an impact on prices. But really, you know, it's, it's about having our regions up and running. I think right now the, the biggest impact that you'll see is, is, is is the, its impact on regional economies because backpackers, you know, used to go through these regions. They'd fill up the hostel, they'd fill up the pub, they'd fill up the local community centres, um, you know, and 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 that's that's where we're going to see the impact first. But I mean, right now, you know, rather than you know being glass half empty, you know, we're working with the government to try and see how many um, South Australians we can get out there mobilised to help with this. Um, this issue because there are, you know, there's opportunities out there for, for our young people to go out there and get their first start. I mean, I know, um, you know, my, my, my two boys are teenagers. I know what they went through to, to try and find a job in the city these days in a tight labour market. So, so for kids, rather than, you know, sit around after year 12, you know, playing on the Xbox, get out there and, 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 and have a go at fruit picking. You know, if you're young and you're fit and you're able, it's a great way to get your first start. And who knows, you might like Ag and see a future for yourself in the industry. All right, Jordan, thanks for the time this afternoon. You too, Peter. We'll be back right after the 2 o'clock news.